This week is going to be a pretty fun episode since I'll be covering not one, but two comics and your favorite cartoons from yesteryear. Having made their mark on weekday afternoons, these iconic childhood shows now live again and are on the move from your television sets to your comic book stores. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the return of Gargoyles and Thundercats. In the first half of this jam-packed episode, we're gliding back to 90s Manhattan and finding out what new adventures await our Defenders of the Night. Then we're flying to Third Earth as we talk about the relaunch of an 80s favorite with a unique spin on the franchise's history. We'll delve deep into these classics, explore their leap from screen to page, observe how the new comics resume or reinvent the storylines, and where both series go from here. You're in for a blast from the past as we roar into a brand new episode of That One Somali Nerd. Show everyone, I'm your host Faiza Badise here, and you're listening to That One Somali Nerd, a podcast about all things geek and then some. Each week, I'll review a show, movie, game, or comic series that has made big waves in today's geek culture. I'll also throw in a fair share of nostalgia with some fun surprises along the way. So get ready to hear it all from me and a whole lot more right here on That One Somali Nerd. Of course, be sure you check out my link tree in the notes. You can find my website at faijoss.com along with my socials on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, all in one place. I also have a Patreon to patrons gain access to behind-the-scenes info, new episodes a day early, an invite to the official Discord server, and more. For details and inquiries, email me at fiza.barisa at gmail.com. Thanks for the support, and let's get to the show! Lately, we've been seeing a wave of nostalgia sweep the industry like never before. Each year brings news of an upcoming remake, reboot, or revival that capitalizes on a fragment of our past. Whether it's a long-forgotten game franchise receiving a new installment, or a classic movie reimagined for a new generation, it feels like every industry out there is riding on the bandwagon. Every announcement signals an outpouring of commentary between wistful nostalgia to outright skepticism towards the new product. Don't get me wrong, some of them actually hold up pretty well, while others, well, how do I put it lately? Fall fly in execution. Regardless of preferences, these reactions are quite common as businesses bank on our childhood to the brink of market oversaturation, and comic books are no exception. Now, let's be real folks, cartoons getting comics are nothing new, but I have to address how some of them have been making the rounds recently. From Titan Comics working on Conan the Barbarian, to Hasbro partnering with Skybound on Transformers, not a day goes by where I don't come across an article on a comic relaunch and a fallen commentary on my timeline. On one hand, you have the longtime fans, attempting to resolve any sign of apprehension they have towards the updated material. On the other hand, you have a whole new group of fans, having either heard about the series or are curious to know more about it. Either way, there's a lot of pressure that goes on the staff in adapting the work while retaining elements of the first. In other words, they have to build a bridge where both parties can meet in the middle. Some opt for a new direction, taking an unconventional route that may please or perplex readers during the run. Others can deviate entirely from the original story and or art style to only please one side. Even with the mixed reception, there are a select few that work to an advantage, opening doors to potential routes that further expand the in-series universe. It is with this in mind that I'll highlight two series that do just that without having to sacrifice one for the other. Without further ado, let's get to the breakdown. If you're a 90s baby, Disney kid, Shakespeare person, Trekkie, or all of the above, chances are you're familiar with Gargoyles. Part of the now-iconic Disney Afternoon block, it made for a unique addition to the furry and friendly roster of cartoons such as DuckTales and Tailspin. 
Now, I'm well aware that the cartoon is made to compete with Warner Brothers' success with Batman the Animated Series, but it sets itself apart from the main competitor. Keep in mind that this is a fully original work from Disney. It's not based on a comic, TV show, game, film, toy, or any pre-existing IP with a dollar to its name. It's in an entire league of its own. For starters, the show focuses on a titular group of creatures that turn to stone by day, but come to life by night known as the Wyvern Clan. Once allied with the humans at Castle Wyvern, the betrayal of one of the members leads to the destruction of by an army of Vikings, who then capture their allies, destroy their clan, and ravage the castle. In a last effort to prevent further calamity, the surviving gargoyles were frozen in a spell that lasted a millennium until the castle rose atop the clouds. Flash forward to 1984, where a billionaire by the name of David Xanatos rediscovers the castle, restores it, and stacks it atop his tower in Manhattan. Fulfilling the prophecy, the gargoyles now reawaken in a strange new world and reunite with a familiar face they thought long gone. However, all is not what they seem as they find out Xanatos has a lot more tricks up his sleeve. Now faced with these odds, the remaining gargoyles, now known as the Manhattan Clan, find an ally and officer, Elisa Maza, as they band together to stop Xanatos' schemes, try to keep their presence a secret, and uncover mysterious forces at work that threaten the fate of the world. Right off the bat, we got the newly introduced Manhattan Clan, led by Goliath, our main protagonist. Each of the members also get new names, which reference their current home in a city that never sleeps. We got Hudson, Brooklyn, Lexington, Broadway, and Bronx in the cast. The show also sees their alliance with Elisa play out in their journey. Whether it's her guiding them through the Big Apple, protecting them during their stone sleep during the day, or working to stop Xanatos or any other baddie they come across, she's there. The show had plenty of comics during its run and beyond its eventual ending. The first comic was adapted by Marvel and opting for new adventures that don't really fit the story. On the topic of continuity, the story concluded with the season 2 finale up until Slave Lover Graphics, aka SLG, got the license, prompting series creator Greg Wiseman to pick up where it left off all those years ago. And sure enough, it worked. The SLG comics does a great job of reintroducing the franchise, working with familiar territory while branching the series in a new path. With the change in medium, it allowed for a distinct shift in direction, seeing as how most of the fans have now grown up in a 10-year gap. As for new fans, they'll find themselves at home with the characters, story arcs, and world building that continues to build on Wiseman's storytelling chops and dramatic moments. The comics weave different subplots and parallels in a way that intersect with the main narrative. There's also a spin-off series that SLG worked on called Gargoyles Bad Guys, focusing on some of the former enemies of the Manhattan clan banding together on their own adventures that provide a unique take on redemption arcs. You can check that out if you want. After the SLG license ended, the series remained dormant up until recently in 2022 when Dynamite Entertainment got the license, allowing for more stories that align with Wiseman's master plan for the Gargoyles universe. The first sees the plot resume from the SLG run as the Gargoyles encounter new challenges on top of their existence now exposed to the public. This sees the Manhattan clan confronting all sorts of events from court trials, familiar enemies, sudden kidnappings, and a potential gang war that sees the fate of New York hang in the balance. The second is a prequel spin-off called Gargoyles Dark Ages, chronicling the history of the Wyvern clan prior to the main series. It details their alliance with Prince Malcolm and the construction of Castle Wyvern along with the many secrets that lay beneath the surface. I love how it manages to add more context into the Wyvern clan's history, highlighting their connection with the other members. Keep in mind that prior to the series, they really didn't have names, save for Goliath and his beloved quote-unquote Angel. The story does a good job in exploring the past lives in their original home and foreshadowing events that lead to future adventures. As of recording, both series are set to conclude next month with a third installment arriving around that time, Gargoyle's Quest. Now, of course, I won't be spilling any details or spoilers, but while you wait, you can check out the comics, watch the show on Disney+, and look forward to the upcoming remastered editions of the comics this year. That's right. Thanks to a successful Kickstarter campaign, Dynamite Entertainment is working on a re-release of the original Gargoyles comics for its 30th anniversary. Not only will readers get reprinted editions of both SLG runs, the original and bad guys, but it'll also get the Marvel Comics run from the 1990s. That's three works and four editions, all in one big collection. Now that's something worth celebrating. But that's not the only thing they're working on.
building, don't worry, I didn't forget you. Recently, Dynamite Entertainment worked on a comic relaunch on a cartoon you might remember by the name of Thundercats. Whether you catch the show airing on weekday afternoons, tuned in on Saturday mornings, or watched it on Toonami, like me, there's no denying how the show stands among the pantheon of 80s cartoon all-stars. Even if it gets labeled as a quote-unquote half-hour toy commercial like so many of its contemporaries, the impact it had on kids growing up speaks to his enduring presence in pop culture. Similarly, the show had reboots to boot, some providing a cool spin on a classic, though ending way too soon, while others, well, let's not talk about it right now. What we're gonna talk about is the comic. Now, fair warning, this is recent coverage since the first issue has been out for a good two weeks. The show, like so many others, have received plenty of comics from Marvel and DC getting turns on tackling the iconic franchise. But man, is Dynamite doing numbers with nearly 180,000 sales and counting from the first issue alone. Most of the time, a comic does well around the 10,000s, but hitting double hundreds this quick? Iconic. Also got a shout out writer Declan Shelby, Drew Moss, who also did the art for Gargoyle's Dark Ages, along with the team for pulling it off. Congrats, y'all. Now, for those unaware, Thundercats focuses on the adventures of the titular team of heroes that hail from the planet Thundera. They're basically these feline humanoids that have always been at peace up until a large-scale attack is waged by the mutants of Plundar. The Thundarans flee the planet, but not before the mutants destroy the escaping fleet save for the main ship, the one that holds the Sword of Omens and with it, the Eye of Thundera. With the main ship damaged in the attack, the vessel can't reach their original destination, instead opting for a third Earth which will take a solid 10 years to reach. This leads the warrior Jaga the Wise to take the helm as the Thundercats remain in stasis during the long journey. 10 years pass, Jaga dies, and the crew arrive at third Earth. However, the young lord of the Thundercats, Lion-O, reawakens as a man since his stasis pod slowed his aging rather than stopping it entirely. Now taking the mantle as leader, he must learn to hone his skills, lead the team, and navigate the strange new world, all while dealing with the invading mutants who are now allied with an ancient evil, Mumra the Ever-Living. Right away, we got our main group of heroes stepping into the spotlight. You got Lion-O, Tigra, Chitara, best girl, Panthro, Wally Kit, Wally Cat, and Snarf. The cartoon sees them square off against a rogues gallery of bad guys, including Slythe, Monkeyan, Jackalman, and Mumra himself. We get many hints about Thundera's past, Jaga's involvement with the Thundercats, and even Mumra's own history. As 80 shows are wont to do, however, most get sidelined by the main plot or are mentioned in passing, yet rarely explored in depth. Might as well leave it to your interpretation on how to piece that kind of puzzle. From a critical standpoint, the series is all the basic elements of an 80s show. You got your heroic protagonist with a sword, your band of allies, a talking creature, a sci-fi fantasy world, a good versus evil plot, villain of the week, the whole enterprise. The comic offers a new take on the universe, recapping the premise for new and familiar fans. I like how the story opts for a year one approach, showing how each of the members adjusts to their new environment fresh after arrival. The banter between them adds a lot to their character with the hot-headed Lionel debating with Panthro on how he's more than capable of being a leader now that he's all grown up. We get to see Tigra and Chitara interact, both of them trying to learn more about Third Earth. There's also the Thunder Kittens, Wally Kit and Wally Cat, with their trademark antics tending to land them in trouble. We also get some neat callbacks to the original series with the arrival of Slythe and his army and Lionel calling upon a Sword of Omen's power with the iconic battle cry intact. Thunder. 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 Thundercats, ho! Even when the missing member of the cast, I'm excited what they got so far with the first issue. The story is paced pretty well, all thanks to Shelby's strength as a writer as well as an artist. Matter of fact, the art for the series is pretty solid in terms of character design, gotta shout out Drew Moss, updating the look while retaining the feel of the cast. Heck, they gave Tigra a frigging beard in this one, and I ain't complaining. The world of Third Earth feels so alien and beautiful in detail, right down to the creatures that inhabit the planet. On top of all that, we get a pretty sick battle sequence with all the members joining the fight. I just love how each panel shows them taking down the mutants, all of them getting a moment to shine. 
The height of the battle leads to a shocking moment which I will not spoil for those tuning in. If you want to find that out yourself, go check out the first volume available now or at your local comic store. And now, it's high time we take a break, so when we come back, I'll be giving my hot takes on both series and why I believe their run on Dynamite will work out. Stay tuned! Once again, you're tuning in to That One Somali Nerd, a podcast hosted by me, artist and writer Faiza Barise, where I'll talk about all things geek and then some. Where we last left off, I was discussing the recent comic runs of Gargoyles and Thundercats, two iconic tunes that made your weekday afternoons. As I reviewed both series, I couldn't help but think of what makes them stand out. If I love them so much, why am I so invested in them? Well, folks, that's where our new segment comes into play as I present Hot Takes. Takes is a brand new segment of the show where I state my case on today's topic. This sees me either defend the work by addressing its many strengths, or confront the work for what it really is. Opinions are welcome, but this is just my two cents on a matter. Take it or leave it. First up, Gargoyles. Now I will go on record to say that I will defend the work on all fronts because it is the greatest 90s animated show of all time. I think Gargoyles deserves to be discussed among animation fans just as much as Animaniacs, Batman animated series, heck, even X-Men. Despite people finding it to be too dark or too scary, they're wrong. This is coming from a company behind the Night on Ball Mountain segment on Fantasia, nearly every Disney villain death, that one Mickey Mouse short from the 90s, and the recent DTVA shows. Looking at them, I'd say Gargoyles feels right at home. The show is instrumental in laying the groundwork of focus towards characterization, storytelling, and world building, three core aspects that will become a major part of one's later cartoons, namely Avatar The Last Airbender, enter the scene. The show also had a solid cast with Keith David voicing the lead character Goliath and a lot of Star Trek alumni joining the roster, notably Jonathan Frakes, aka Riker from The Next Generation, and Marina Sirtis, aka Troy from The Next Generation, joining the cast. The last two are important since they voice the main antagonists of the series, Xanatos and Demona. I kid you not when I say that Xanatos is the peak villain in both Disney and animation history. Most of the time in cartoons, the good guys defeat the baddies with them vowing revenge at the end. But Xanatos? Nah. He's got layers on layers when it comes to scheming, so even if he gets thwarted by the Manhattan clan, he never truly fails. In other words, it's all according to plan. I also have to mention Demona since her long-standing grudge against humanity is reasonable. When it comes to villains, I love it when they make a solid monologue or statement on humanity's failings that you can't help but agree. Even if you catch yourself nodding along, the story always has them commit something terrible to make you remember, oh right, they're the bad guy. Her frequent clashes with the Manhattan clan provides more glimpses into their past, especially since she's had a history with Goliath prior to the fall of Castle Wyvern. As much as she's an enemy to all, she's her own worst enemy and a force to be reckoned with in the end. Just gotta say folks, Demona walked so Azula can run. I'm just saying. The show even did well to cross into comics long after airing on TV. I feel like Gargoyles is the first to say, hey, our show isn't really over, it's just beginning, and decided to dust itself off before taking flight once more. Now with shows like Avatar The Last Airbender and Final Space taking that leap of faith, I feel that it gives creators a bigger outlet to build on story and expand on lore in ways they never got to achieve when they worked on a TV series. And that is remarkable. As for Thundercats, I will have to confront the series. I know it's a tough decision to make, but I gotta make my case. The franchise, as much as it is iconic, is a whole mess. 
Maybe because I'm talking about a series straight out of the 80s, but my point still stands. It is campy as heck, the pacing is a bit disjointed in some parts, and the story is just all over the place. I get that Rankin Boss, yes, the studio behind your favorite stop-motion holiday specials, had a hand in going for a new lane, but couldn't they try to dig a bit deeper? The voice acting is hit or miss, which says a lot. Most of the time they try to repeat the same old formula with either Mumra disguising himself as someone to infiltrate the Thundercats or something that has to do with Snarf. It tends to wear itself thin and that eventually starts to show once you get to later arcs. The reboot from 2011 does a nice job of reinventing the story even if it shies away from the main plot. For people complaining about the anime-inspired style, it should be no surprise that the original series was animated in Japan. They managed to change up some aspects of the tale that I ended up liking in retrospect. Heck, they make Snarf sound like a Pokemon in this one and a whole lot cuter for it. Even as I praise these elements, the writing itself is no better and tonally inconsistent, even with its cheap attempts at humor. Some jokes land, sure, while others leave a lot to be desired. Speaking of a lot to be desired, let's not even talk about the recent one they did. A lot of reboots fail when they either skew really young to be childish and silly or make it too mature to be dark and gory. And hey, if the recent Masters of the Universe reboot on Netflix was bad, Thundercats Roar was worse. Matter of fact, this is why I put this series on the confront side of my hot takes. What the series needs now is an upgrade that stays close to the original, tries to be consistent, and doesn't wear the story out. With a new comic by Dynamite, I just hope to get it right this time. Even with my praise and grievances aside, there's still plenty to look forward to for both parties. Since Disney and Warner Brothers has managed to collaborate with Dynamite in reviving some of their catalog of classics, their team up with the publisher is going to succeed. And it's crazy, because these are two major competitors that are battling it out in entertainment, but here they can duke it out in comics. I feel that with Gargoyles and Thundercats, the publisher is allowing both IPs to build on top of their signature tale and branch out by adding new elements. Whether it's through an overarching storyline that happens in the former or the inclusion of a new character for the latter, they find ways to reinvent their core identity for a new audience while trying not to alienate their longtime fans. They remain faithful in their own way and they nail it down to a T. Both of them excel in that regard and pull all the stops to deliver on that with each new installment. With this in mind, I'm going to continue to hold out hope for both franchises and keep turning the page. Respect, Gargoyles and Thundercats are more than just the sum of their parts, they're the whole package. These are cult classics that serve as cornerstones of geek culture and carving a piece of nostalgia. They both hold up pretty well, even with the occasional missteps in story aside, and they're definitely worth revisiting now. As the comics are currently running on Dynamite, what's best is to keep the momentum going now. I highly recommend reading both of the comics whether digitally or physically. On that note, you can visit your local comic book store near you to buy a copy yourself. It helps to support the people behind the work as well as the business. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. And that's the end of this week's episode. As always, you can check out my link tree in the notes along with my website at fadedraws.com and socials on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram all in one place. I also have a Patreon to patrons gain access to behind-the-scenes info, new episodes a day early, an invite to the official Discord server, and more. For details and inquiries, email me at fiza.barista at gmail.com. Once again, this is Fiza Barista signing off for that one semi this week. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Geek on!